0: The Carolina Panthers now have the first overall pick, but what did it cost? Jonu Smith is now a Falcon, Alabama is the SEC tournament champions, NFL free agency is off to a wild start, Ole Miss hired Chris Beard after the controversy, and our small market cities in the South are getting a chance to host games in the NCAA tournament. Fill out those brackets, it's time for some madness on this episode of Jake's Take, let's go. What is going on, everyone? Thank you so much for tuning in to Jake's Take. As always, I'm your host Jacob Solomon at Jake's Take Podcast at Jake'sil14. And as always, this is sponsored by Variety Sports Network, your home for sports and different forms of different varieties in every different form. As always, you can find them on Twitter and Instagram at Variety underscore Sport underscore. Now, before we move on, I do want to let you all know that Sally Christie cannot be with us tonight but she's okay she's feeling a little under the weather but that's okay you know we will see her on friday like always but that means you are stuck with me again and i know i know i'm not as great and i don't see things from the beginning like she does but still i mean you know i am excited that y'all get to be with me now, first and foremost, a lot happened this past weekend in regards to one of our small market teams, and it was the Carolina Panthers. Now, I feel like this kind of just seems right because, you know, when aren't we talking about the city of Charlotte? And I know that we've talked about how they need a culture change or they need teams to do something better or players do something better. And they're looking like they're doing that now. However, it might cost them most of their future. Because right now, you know, they traded away the ninth overall pick, their 2nd round pick, and a 1st round pick next year. Along with DJ Moore for the 1st overall pick. And I'm very, you know, at first I was concerned about that. But over time, you know, I've kind of gotten an idea of, you know, maybe this isn't as bad. So it's not as bad because with this pick, you know, they have a chance to... Draft at number one. Now, there are going to be a lot of questions on who they're going to draft. You know, they obviously are going to take a quarterback because obviously Sam Darnold just signed with the 49ers. And really, the only other quarterbacks they have on their roster are Jacob Easton and Matt Corral. And they've been talking about trading Matt Corral, which is still very crazy for me. So I think with this, you know, they are in the market for a quarterback. The last time they picked number one, they got Cam Newton. We know how that went. He went to the Super Bowl, he had some pretty good years. Ultimately, you know Cam's career did get affected by injuries, but later on, you know, still it was a great pick, and he did a lot for that franchise. Now it comes into the play of what kind of quarterback are they going to draft? Are they going to draft Bryce? Are they going to draft CJ Stroud? Are they going to draft Will Levis? They better not draft Anthony Richardson. Christy and I have talked about it. You do not need to draft a project quarterback. The upside is so much higher, but still the downside is. There as well, and it's on display. So I think with this, it's really important for us to know that with this team, anything can happen. Because I mean, like we said before, it is the city of Charlotte. Now, I don't think they gave up too too much to move up because DJ Moore was still on a two year deal. Deal. So now the Chicago Bears get a top wide receiver for Justin Fields. DJ Moore is a really solid wide receiver. You know, he does well. And now you pair him with Darnell Mooney and Cole Komet, and he's going to be a great wide receiver, you know, wide receiver one. But still, this is pretty gutsy of Frank Reich in his first year because this team right now just hired him. And now, you know, you are trading away your best wide receiver, probably your best offensive player, and saying, okay, yeah, you know, I trust that we can take a number one Pick. You know, we had always talked about how Chicago was shopping the pick and it really made sense too. But I still think with this, you know, it's very interesting that it happened so early on because free agency just started. And actually, it's not even the official NFL New Year yet. That doesn't start until Wednesday. At the time it's recording, it is Monday. So I think with this, you know, it's very interesting that they started this so early. But I mean, I don't think it's a bad pick. It's just very surprising. Because, you know, you're trading away your first pick and then next year's first pick and then a second round pick, too. So, I mean, you know, maybe you think you've got something. But still, if they, you know, traded all this away and draft someone like Max Duggan or something or, I don't know, Anthony Richardson, then I would be concerned about this. But we'll just have to see. Now, next up, we're going to stay in the NFC South as Johnny Smith was traded to the Atlanta Falcons for a seventh round pick. Now, the first thought I get is, really, Bill, a seventh round draft pick? This is a pretty talented tight end. But that's the thing about him, too. You know, he just wasn't a fit in New England stat wise. I mean, he only caught one touchdown pass. The expectation was that he was going to be part of that tight end duo with Hunter Henry. Hunter Henry obviously has become a top target for Mac Jones. Johnny Smith never really amounted to that. And also, this is one of those spaces or one of these, you know, cuts that you expect when it comes to saving cap. Now, I know that the return on investment isn't as great with getting a 7th round pick because, you know, Johnny Smith was a 3rd or 4th round pick. But still, it's something. And, you know, Bill Balchuk does pretty well in the 7th round. I mean, that's how he got Julian Edelman. But still, I mean, you know, it, it is disappointing because he was in that 2021 free agency hall with had Matthew Judon, Hunter Henry, Henry Anderson, just to name a few. And I also think Nelson Aguilar was in there too. So I'm thinking, you know, this could have been something really good for this team. And he had his moments, you know, he was a pretty good athlete too. But he also was just kind of there and he didn't really have a spot. So now, you know, it comes down to... What can Hunter Henry do? Are they going to draft a tight end? There are a lot of questions here, but obviously, you know, Bill Belichick will figure it out because he's Bill Belichick. Now, what does this mean for the Atlanta Falcons? Well, they obviously have stated that they're going to restructure the deal of Johnny Smith because they're still trying to figure out stuff as well. And they're already, you know, going on a signing rampage, more on them later. But still, I think with this, you know, you've got a pretty good duo With him and Kyle Pitts, he can mentor Kyle Pitts. You know, Johnny Smith is only 27. Kyle Pitts is still really young. You've got another red zone target for a young quarterback. Pair him with Drake London, Kyle Pitts, Almadius Zaccheaus, Cordero Patterson, and your other running backs. You can have a pretty good offense. Like I said, pretty good offense. But here's another thing too. He goes into some familiarity because the current head coach, Arthur Smith, was Johnny Smith's tight end coach with the Tennessee Titans. That's pretty big. And, you know, there's some familiarity. So I like the move. You know, I wish I could have seen Johnny Smith, you know, succeed more because I love tight ends. I love the idea of tight ends. My friends make fun of me because I will draft, you know, two or three tight ends in fantasy football, but it works. But still, I like this move. It can definitely be good. Does this make things competitive in the NFC South? I really don't know. I feel like with the NFC South, you just kind of want to poke it with a stick and see what's going to happen first. Yes, the Carolina Panthers are making moves. Yes, the Atlanta Falcons are making moves. Yes, the Saints are making moves. The Bucs are not making moves. But I still think anything could possibly happen. But right now, I mean, it's too early to see. I mean, you know, the new league year doesn't start for another two days at the time of this recording. And speaking of the Atlanta Falcons, I think it's also important that we highlight NFL free agency starting and... Man, there are a lot of moving pieces around, especially the offensive linemen, because first and foremost, Mike McGlinchey is going to the Denver Broncos. Now, Mike McGlinchey has been a terrific offensive lineman for the 49ers the past few years. Obviously, many players want to go ahead and go get paid. But I like this meal. I mean, you know, right now, this is a team that just hired Sean Payton. And right now, they're really just trying to figure some more things out, I think, with this It can be really beneficial with, you know, Russell Wilson as quarterback. And I also just think that with this, you know, it's a good move because you're building the offensive line from the ground up. Now, we've also got some other movement as well. You know, we've got Lorenzo Carter returning to the Atlanta Falcons. Obviously, we talked about Johnny Smith being traded. Chris Lindstrom getting a five-year, $105 million deal, and then signing Jesse Bates. You know, right now, that's pretty big because Jesse Bates is probably one of the best safeties in the league, especially when he's only, you know, 26. And then also, I think the biggest thing that needs to be discussed as well is really what's going on in the AFC West. You know, Las Vegas Raiders signed Jimmy Garoppolo, and that's big, Because Jimmy Garoppolo has played under Josh McDaniels. Now, I know the sample size is small. He only played maybe like three games, maybe like six total, but he started three games. But still, it's familiarity. And you have weapons. Now, Jimmy Garoppolo is a pretty well-known quarterback, especially in the league. So, I like this. This actually works. Now, Sam Darnold is going... To the 49ers, he's going to be there until they figure out what's going on with Trent Lance and Brock Purdy. But I like the pick as well, too. Another thing that I did want to discuss, too, is that Austin Eckler has requested a trade. I don't know what to think of this, because right now the AFC West, you know, the Chargers need Austin Eckler. I don't know if it's something with the Spanos family. I don't know if it's something with the head coach or the offensive coordinator. But still, this is a very big loss for the los angeles chargers they need to figure out what they really want to do here new orleans saints you know obviously they have Derek carr on their roster now they re-signed juan johnson they re-signed jt gray those are two very big pieces and then the new york jets traded away chuck clark philadelphia eagles they've got brandon graham back for a year pittsburgh steelers getting patrick peterson this one i'm a little concerned about too because with this he said he wanted to chase rings and no offense to my friends who are pittsburgh steelers fans but i don't know right now if i would consider going to pittsburgh chasing rings and i'm very sorry about that the 49ers you know bring back to sean gibson bring in javon hargrave those are two really good players to have there. washington commanders get deron Payne on a four-year deal free agency is fun don't get me wrong i love free agency but I still have a lot of weird things to really kind of just focus on because we haven't even been in free agency in a few days. And we also have trades to, you know, Jalen Ramsey getting traded to the Miami Dolphins to give them not one, but two great quarterbacks, cornerbacks and a great cornerback tandem. Now, do I like the Miami Dolphins getting Jalen Ramsey? Yes, I do. You know, this is actually a very good pickup for him because – This is a player who has needed, I don't want to say a change of scenery, but has needed a, I guess, fresh start. You know, with the Rams, he did really well. But last year, the Rams just struggled. And I feel like, you know, putting him on a team with Mike McDaniel, which, you know, he's a very great coach. I mean, Sean McVay is too, but Mike McDaniel, I feel like is closer with his players than Sean McVay is. I like this move. I mean, I think it's really good for the team. But also, I mean, this is a team that's going to be very competitive in the AFC East. You know, you've got the Bills. And then right now, you know, with the Jets, they're still signing some of their pieces. And then with this, I also think that with the Patriots, you know, once they have Mac Jones some weapons and build up that offensive line and figure out their defense. Remember, Devin McCourty just retired. I still think that this can be a really competitive division. Now, here's the thing that I think about with this, too. It is still very early in free agency. We have a lot of players who are still going to figure out their homes and we still have a lot of players that are still trying to figure out where they want to go deals are going to be drafted up deals are going to be thrown on the table deals are going to be going on also i mean you know really want the saints doing anything but here's the thing though too you have to be patient right now we've been spoiled a lot recently with all these trades and all this excitement we might have a little bit of calm or calmingness down because I think with this, you know, we're just getting started when it comes to free agency. Now, we've talked a lot about football. And I know that it's football and it's March. And, you know, we should be expecting more things to talk about what we have. Because right now, we get to focus on basketball. It's that time of year. I'm excited. But there can't be basketball without some controversy. And who better than Ole Miss to hire Chris Beard? Now, I don't really know what to think of this hire. Because right now with this... Ole Miss hires Chris Beard after having probably one of the most, I guess, insane past two months. You know, he was basically suspended and then fired from the team. His fiance accused him of assault. Then the charges were dropped, and apparently Chris Beard's fiance confronted him. But still, with this, I don't know how to feel about this. You know, this is a. Team in the SEC where the SEC is getting better, and you know, Ole Miss is trying to catch up. Thing about it in the SEC this year, we had two co coaches of the year that was Jerry Stackhouse and Buzz Williams. Jerry Stackhouse has done great things for Vanderbilt, and Dennis Gates has done great things for Missouri. So, can Chris Beard be that guy for Ole Miss? You know, he did great things for Texas, he did great things for Texas Tech. You know, he took Texas Tech to the final four a few years ago. But he hasn't stayed at a school for a long time. This is going to be his third school in the past few years. And that's what's concerning because right now in the SEC, Nate Oates is locked up. Bruce Pearl is locked up. I'm pretty sure Buzz Williams is locked up. Dennis Gates is locked up. And then you've also got some other coaches who are going to kind of like, you know, probably be locked up. I'm pretty sure, you know, they're going to lock up the Tennessee coach too. So right now... With this, I could see it being very potential that we see, you know, some competitiveness. But I don't know. I feel like they could have done something a little bit better. You know, with Ole Miss, they're hiring someone with a lot of controversy. And I know people are going to say, well, they did something like that with Lane, too. Doesn't Lane fit in that mold? Not necessarily. Because when it comes to Lane Kiffin, he had gotten all of his craziness out of him. This is two months ago that we had this news. So right now, you know, we'll revisit this. I mean, you know, aside from this, if he hadn't had the, you know, assault allegations, I would have liked to hire. But can they compete when it comes to basketball? This is a team that hasn't made the NCAA tournament in the past few years. And like I said, the SEC is just getting stronger. You know, Auburn and Alabama are always competing for attention. Tennessee has done great. Texas A&M has done really great. Missouri came out of nowhere and won 20-plus games and made the SEC tournament and actually gave Alabama some trouble in the second round. So I think it's very possible that right now they're trying to become an everything league. I would love that, too. You know, Alabama is an everything school. But I still think with this... I don't know how to feel about the hire. You know, maybe give me a few days, give me a few weeks to think about this. Who knows? Maybe he could prove me wrong. But right now, it's still a little early for me to decide if I like the hire. Now, back to speaking of March Madness in basketball. It's here. Fill out those brackets. It's getting excited because the first four are playing at the time of this recording tomorrow. And as said by my favorite broadcaster, Ian Eagle, sorry, one of them, it's March expect the unexpected because he says it better than anyone else. We have so much to look forward to, you know, so many crazy things can happen, you know, like the busted bracket, you know, it's going to happen, you know, as bad as it sounds, no one has ever had a perfect bracket. And if it has happened, it's very rare. Why do you think Warren Buffett does that contest every year? Now thinking about this as well, too, You want to know who the biggest winners of March Madness are? The people who get to watch. You know, you get to watch some of the best things happen in basketball. You know, think about it. We've already talked about Lehigh beating Duke in 2012 with CJ McCollum. But think about last year with St. Francis or Loyola Christian in previous years. Or as much as, you know, it pains me to say this, Auburn going to the Final Four. Think about stuff like that. That's what makes March Madness so great. Now, speaking of March Madness, all the teams have been decided. Everyone is in. They're going to start playing. Like I said, at the time of this recording, they're going to start playing on Tuesday. And then we're going to have our first rounds on Thursday. And more importantly, Alabama basketball has won the SEC tournament. And they've quenched the number one overall seed. And after some tough games at the end of the season, Alabama is back. This is a team that had some struggles. I know that we had the Brandon Miller situation and how many people are saying how things happened and what was going on. But this team got back to basics. They were shooting the three. They were doing phenomenal. And they had some unlikely players as well step up, which makes it even more exciting. Now let's break down these wins. Now remember, on the more recent Friday episode, I had stated how Alabama was going to have some trouble. And, you know, it was expected because everyone has trouble in these games but let's look at their games so first off we had the game against mississippi state on friday this is a team that is known for their defense alabama f- won this game 72 to 49 that's right not 72 to 70 not 72 to 69 but 72 to 49 and their biggest lead of the game 25 points So I think with this, you could very much see that Alabama wanted to send a message. And you had players like Brandon Miller step up, of course. You had Charles Bediaco, Javon Quinley. But then I wanted to highlight Noah Gurley. He's a player who's been coming off the bench recently. He had a really good game. You know, three or four on the three-pointers, 11 points. That's terrific. Now let's move on to the game against Missouri on Saturday. Obviously, they won this game 72-61. to This was a game that was very back and forth. They had their struggles with shooting. And obviously, you know, Kobe Brown came back, and he's a big part of their game. But some other players who stepped up, Noah Clowney, Brandon Miller, of course, Charles Bediaco. Charles Bediaco probably had one of the best SEC tournament championship games out of anyone because he was averaging so many points. And once again, he also fouled out in the final game. And people were so excited for him. Javon Quinonelli struggled. Mark Sears struggled too. But then they come out in Texas A&M in the final game in Bridgestone Arena. And of course, this is where they dominate. This is the team that they lost to before the end of the SEC regular season. They wanted revenge and they got it. Because Brandon Miller, 23 points. Javon Cornerly, 22 points. Charles Bediako 12 points. Fouls out, obviously. But still, everyone was so excited for him. This team is dominant. This team has done great stuff. And I think with it, too, the biggest thing that we saw was that Jaden Brownlee had stepped up and said, You know, put me on the bench. I can come off the bench and with this, do pretty well. And he did. It was a spark. I think with this, it's what's really exciting, too because this is a team that needed revenge. They needed to make a, I guess, statement win because they wanted that number one overall seed. And so many unlikely players had that impact, which is exciting too, because this is really what we all needed most importantly. So with this, you know, it's so well deserved for this Alabama team. I'm so excited for March Madness. I've been waiting for this team to do something like this for so long, and they're finally doing this, and I cannot wait to see what they do. And finally, speaking of March Madness, I think it's important for us to highlight something very important that's going on with the small market teams being represented. I'm not just talking about the SEC teams, but let's give it up for some of our small colleges. You know, Kennesaw State, Louisiana Lafayette, UNC Asheville, College of Charleston, North Carolina State University. They're all making the March Madness tournament. They're all making the NCAA tournament. That's huge, especially for teams like Kennesaw State, Louisiana Lafayette. You know, we get caught up in the Indiana's, the Dukes, the Houston's, the Gonzagas making the tournament every year that we forget about these smaller teams and we're getting that recognition in the small market, especially in the South. Now, also, too, we have eight SEC teams in the tournament. That's huge. You know, this is something where Alabama is in a conference that's typically known for football, but Georgia didn't make this one. I'm just kidding. But still, you know, we can show that we're a diverse and dynamic conference. And that's what's exciting about this, too. But also, this is what's important, too, is that Birmingham and Greensboro are hosting the first and second round games. And that's really important as well because we have some teams and some cities that are getting that recognition. And that's why I'm so excited because we have all these teams and all these cities getting recognition and they're going to do great you know Birmingham is hosting Alabama in one game and Auburn in another game now I know Auburn fans are not too excited about that they can deal with it but with this it's so exciting because really with this think about it they're getting a chance to show that they deserve to host more opportunities more events and I know it's not like something that people should say oh well it's you know So big, it's still exciting though, and that's what makes this so great is because we get to see these teams, these cities in action like we're not used to, and that's what makes it great. Now, how far can our teams in the south go? Well, I feel like our SEC teams can go pretty far, but I wouldn't be able to be surprised if some of our smaller teams make a run. Now, I would love to see teams like Kennesaw State or Louisiana, Lafayette make a run. I don't know if it'll happen depending on who they're pinned up against, but I can see a lot of our teams, especially from the SEC, maybe in the ACC, making a run. So that's something to look forward to. Now, who should we pick to win? Obviously, on this show, I graduated from Alabama. I'm from Alabama. I'm going to choose Alabama. But there are so many other schools that you could choose. You could choose Houston, you could choose Kansas, you could choose UCLA. Gonzaga, there are so many options. But I think more importantly is that, once again, the biggest winner of March Madness is all of us for getting a chance to watch it, and that one makes things so great. But that's going to do on this Tuesday episode of Jake's Take. As always, thank you so much for all the love and support. We could not have grown without y'all during this time. It has been so great. And like I said, Birmingham gets to host March Madness the first two rounds. Isn't this going to be great and exciting? I'm so excited for it. As always, you can find me on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, at Jake's Take Podcast, or my personal Instagram, jakestill 14, or my personal Twitter, at Soaked by Jake. You can find Christy on Instagram and TikTok, at Christy Marie underscore double zero. As always, this is sponsored by Variety Sports Network, at Variety underscore sport underscore. You're home for all sports of different forms and varieties. Obviously, with it being March, we're going to be focusing a lot on the NFL, the NBA, and March Madness, so be sure to tune in for updates in regards to that we will be back on friday with some more excitement and we're going to recap some games that we saw on thursday as well and some more starts to free agency and also some questions too such as when is john Morant going to be back he just checked himself into i don't want to call it rehab but he is focusing on himself and he's entering counseling there's no time to it right now but we're going to focus on that too and more importantly, we're going to focus on more news because there's a lot going on. And like Ian Eagle says, it's March. Expect the unexpected. But really with this, I'm so excited because we have a lot to focus on too. As always, drop a like, drop a follow, subscribe. You can find this episode on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Amazon Music. We're basically on all podcast platforms. And as always, as always, thank you so much. Continue to be great. Be the best version of you you can be. Bring smiles into this world. And as always, we'll see and hear from you all later. Take care.